I want to be above anything else. Righteous. Upright in my resolve to do the right thing. Despite my flaws, shortcomings, and my sometimes abnormal behavior, I just want to be sound in my character, even when my faith wavers. I want to be just, endowed with strength and wisdom. I want to be the embodiment of patience, virtue, and sincerity. I want to be a man at peace and not just pieces of a man. I want to be the father my father should have been. I want to be able to look into the eyes of my firstborn daughter and see the stare of adoration and not the glance of disdain. I want to embrace my pain, savor my struggles and greet my trials with the warmth of a gracious host. I want to be the most I can be. I want to be the epitome of what real is. I want to have the desire to give even when my ability says otherwise. I want to be free of the guise of false perception, deception and misleading anyone into believing that I am anything more than just a mere slave of the most high. And this is why I want to have the principles of a sage with the humility of a sinner. The ambition of a loser with the gratitude of a winner. I want to be a supernova, illuminating the way of the loss, awakening the zeal of the weary, transcending the limitations of boundaries. I want to be a roadmap for success, the best of the best. I want to conquest my fears and reinvent them into triumphs. I want to showcase my tears and exhibit them as giant drops of inspiration. I want to bathe in them. Bask in the fact that they've washed me clean and now I'm gleaming, beaming like spotlights, blinding like UV rays. I want to be a beacon of guidance for the wayward soul. I want to be an infinite prototype for the lives to come. How to be a faithful father, devout husband and loving son. I want to be my brother's keeper and my sister's protector. I want to project the voice of reason over the unreasonable whispers of complacency. I want to smash false stereotypes and rebuild them with structures of nobility. I want to rewrite our legacy, revise our history, and pen our future with destiny's ink with calligraphy that holds the shade of a golden hue. I want to imbue the truth in our veins until it runneth over like rich cups of honey, cascading over our progeny like the falls of the Niagara. Until its sweetness quenches our thirst. Until its liquid covers us like ambiotic fluid and rebirth us into a world of a new. Where there's no blood on the roots of the trees. And their fruits aren't strange but bear similarities to the nectars of the heavens. And there are no ropes hanging from their branches. And there are no us hanging from their ropes. And we are kings there. And my sisters are queens there. But I'm still here. But above anything else, I just want to be righteous. You're listening to Spoken Soul Sessions. Poetic black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who 
who's holding you with you with you check this out man spoken soul sessions oh my god this is spoken soul sessions with poetic black ladies and gentlemen boys and girls bold stances and looted dances got us here you are listening to spoken soul sessions with Start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and family, today, 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 we have a very, very special guest in the studio. Now, I told y'all when I started this podcast that we were going to have some exciting guests. I was going to have some exciting interviews. And ladies and gentlemen, today, today is one of those days. My guest today, Tarishi Midnight Shula, is a native of New Haven, Connecticut. Spent a few years living in Brooklyn, New York in order to take his art to the next level. He has performed and won various poetry competitions across the country and the world. He has won the title of Connecticut Grand Slam champion in 2011, 2012, and 2016. He is the 2017 New Yorican Grand Slam finalist. He won first place at Yale Peabody Museum Poetry in 2016 and in 2017. He is the 2019 Central Brooklyn Jazz Consortium Spoken Word Ambassador. He is 2020 Lizard Lounge MVP, the most valuable poet in in Cambridge, Massachusetts. In 2020, he competed in his first bodybuilding competition and won. (laughs) He is officially an OCB men's physique pro. He has opened for Saul Williams at at the Wesleyan University. He opened for Get this, ladies and gentlemen, President Bill Clinton at the Madison Ballroom in Times Square for the Love 146 10th anniversary. He performed on Hot 97 New York as a tribute for the 15th anniversary of 9-11. He has opened up for Grammy-nominated Dwelle and the legendary Abiodun Oyewole, artist, poet, of the member of the last poet, he's the he's he's the the artist and poet of the group, the poetry group, the last poets. He is the artistic director of Green Earth Poets. He enjoys connecting with people with his art. The most important thing he wants you to know about him is that he wa- he wants your verse, your voice to be heard, ladies and gentlemen. Without any further ado, welcome to the Spoken Soul Studio. Mr. Tarishi Midnight Schuler. 
Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. You make that sound so <laughs> epic. You are most definitely welcome, my brother. You are most definitely welcome, man. It is so, I am so excited, man, to have you in the studio today, man. These are one of those interviews that I was really looking forward to. And I really want to thank you, my brother, for giving me the opportunity to be able to interview you, man. So what's going on, my brother, Tarishi, man? What's going on, man? I'm just, I'm just grinding. There's a lot going on. Um, I have not been, for those that follow me, it, it might seem like I have not been doing a lot on the poetry circuit. A lot of my time has been spent in the bodybuilding circuit and the health and wellness and fitness. But for all those that know me for my poetry, I've been doing a lot of poetry behind the scenes. And I can't wait to release and give everybody an opportunity to hear some of the poetry I've been working on behind the scenes. Some there, there There's going to be some videos coming. There's going to be some new artwork coming, a bunch of new poems coming. Um, it's going to all all that's going to happen this year. So stay tuned. Fashion your seatbelts. Definitely. And I'm going to probably I told you and I told you I'm going to do one poem, but I probably will do two poems, one a classic of your choice. And I'll probably do a brand, brand new poem. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Thank you. <laughs> Are you going to debut something on this Focus Soul Sessions show? I appreciate yeah. it, my brother. Yeah. Now, when I get my interview started with, with, with the artists that come to the show, the number mm-hmm. one question I ask everyone is, why poetry? So, Tarishi Midnight Shula, why poetry? Why spoken word? Oh, spoken word is the language of, of our people. Is the um the language of us? It's part of our, it's part of it's part of our it's part of our history, our culture. Spoken word, um, the art of storytelling, um, and we do it in a way that's just so unique. Um, spoken word is the, is the same thing as poetry. It's just we write it in a way that is to be heard versus being read, and we and we use spoken word to captivate our audience and bring us into our world and let everybody know that we are all going through the same struggles um same trauma same difficult situations and we just make it we just make art look beautiful we make pain look beautiful and we let everybody know that you're not alone we're all going through the same struggles and poetry is very therapeutic and we're in this together definitely definitely my brother so your name Midnight. Midnight is an acronym for something, right? Can you can you break can you break that down for the for the people? Midnight is an acronym for Messiah is dominant, now inspired. God helps Tarishi. And Tarishi happens to be my government name. Dope. 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 And had I known what my government name meant, I might not have came up with the pseudonym Midnight. Um I'll probably reveal what my government name means. If or if not, I do that poem. If I don't do that poem, then I'll reveal what my government name means at the end of this interview. Then everybody can like know, like, wow. <laughs> All right. Now let me tell the audience the first time I met you. I don't know if you really noticed, but when I got when I got into the, the poetry scene, I thought I started slamming. I started slamming. So yeah, yeah. 
Now, I went to a few slams, right? So one particular slam I went to, it was the McDonald's, the McDonald's slam. <laughs> it was, was it the one in Times Square? It was I was at the one in Times Square, but the one of the first one I seen you at was the one I believe was in Long Island. Was it in Long Island? Oh, okay. Okay, I, I know that was one. now. I see now now let let ladies and gentlemen let me let me just tell this story man. Now this, at this time Poetic Black he was going to the sur- I was I was hungry man. I'm going to all these slams and all that. But I'm still green. I'm still green. So I'm watching this slam. I'm entered in. I go and I spit my piece. And then they they call to the stage. Come into the stage. Midnight I was like midnight. Now there's a lot of people there. I'm 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 tippy toeing trying to see who is there, and I see this brother with dreads. He looks like he looks like I mean he had dreads. He looked like Saul Williams a little bit, and I'm like, who's this brother? I'm like they, they that Saul in the, in this competition, and 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 I get up to the in the front of the show, and I, and I'm looking at this brother perform, and you were dynamic, and it was at that moment I saw. I was like, wow, this guy right here, man, this is what spoken word is. And I and I still remember the piece you spit. You spit a piece called, I believe, I Slam. I, 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 I believe, and this piece was epic, man. This was an epic piece. And I was like, this is, and the piece was about spoken word. And I was like, this is what I want. I want to be, I want to embody all the attributes that you was detailing in this poem, man. So I hope that poem was the poem you spit. I hope that if you still remember that, I don't know, that was years ago. I don't know if you still got that poem, bro. But Bruh, that I that poem was, oh, I know the year I wrote that poem. That was like, oh, uh, I wrote that poem back in 2000 and around 2008, 2009, mm. I wrote that poem. And, and the first time I did the McDonald's Big Poetry, uh, Mc Cafe Poetry Slam, was in 2010. And it was in the Bronx, and I won with that poem, and and I did it. I did it one more time after that, and then I, I won again. But wow, I have, I haven't done that poem in yeah. That that poem is that's a poem that's that. I had to go look in the archives. Yeah, that, that's one so, that you retired. You retired. You hung the jersey up on that, man. That was an epic yeah, piece, yeah, man. It's, it's, I, I wanted, the truth be told, I want to go back. I thought about it. I saw the old videotape of it. I want to go back and revisit that poem mm. and rewrite it and, and see if I can, like, make, make it more modern today or just recite it the same way I did it before and because not too many people heard that poem before and people might, because there's a lot of cultural references in that poem yep. and it's very, the poem is very dated. Yep. But, but so, hey, um, yes, you got a lot of lines in there, but it's a, it's a definitely a powerful piece. I remember that piece, man. Epic piece, man. And, wow. That's uh, yeah, a throwback. Yeah, that's a throwback. That's years, man. We've been doing this years, brother. This has been, been a lot of years, like, that's, that's over, two, if it's 2008, 2009, 2019, that's 10, 20, that's like 12, 11, 11 years ago. Yes, oh, man. 11, it's been a wow. minute, man. Now, now, my brother, I didn't mention this in your bio, but you are also a playwright. You're an actor oh. and you're a playwright. 
Now, and you, and you started the yeah, play. Yes, I happened <laughs> to start in one of your plays. I wanted to save that little bit of information. I actually started and starred in one of your plays. Uh, you are who you eat. Now, this play was epic, man. It did a two day, a two day run at Cumbo Theater. It was a, it was a beautiful play, man. Like, tell the people about that. How did you come up with this concept? And and tell us a little bit about this play. So I, I so I had to get credit to Joshua Sarah. Um, he came up with the title, and we were sitting together, and he wanted to write a play that focuses on healthy eating and stuff like that. And then I wanted to write a play that focuses on relationships. And and we was talking and brainstorming, and then he came up with the title. I said, "Oh, I like that. That's that's catchy." So then I said, you know what? Boom. So then uh, after he came up the title, I said, I know what? Give me some time. And I came up with the I came up with the characters and I came up with the the premise and the the story. And then I, I went to work. And then I got like um start started writing, started writing, started writing. And then I got a bunch of a bunch of writing done and I presented to I presented to Joshua. I said, yo, this is what I got. He said, yo. This is dope. I said, yeah. So now I need, now we went back and I said, we need to add the poetry to it. So he added, uh, um, so a lot of the poetry in the play was written by Joshua Seurat. And mm. and then we went back and started rewriting some of the scenes and stuff like that. And then it just came, it just, it just came together. Um, it was a beautiful play. We, um, we've been talking about doing it again and we're, he he's not here right now. He's in Florida, but mm. it's 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 it's, it's going to happen. Is it? It's going to happen. I'm, I'm gonna put it out there in the atmosphere. It's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen this year. I'm not sure. There's a lot going on. I'm a lot on my mm. plate. Probably a lot on his plate, but it's definitely going to happen because we've been talking about it, and it's something that I can't wait to bring back to the scene again. Definitely, man. Definitely. That was a beautiful play, man. It was very funny. I mean, it did numbers, man. We we, we did that. We, we did that for two nights. We had it booked for two nights at Cumble Theater. It was a great success, man. And shout out to you and the brother Joshua Sarah, man. You guys did a phenomenal job. The poetry in that play was phenomenal. And the scenes was definitely funny, man. You got to bring that back, man. I, that's a treat that the people definitely want to see again, man. Oh, wait. so so for those that never didn't see the play, the, the whole premise of the play, the, the what we did was the, the idea I wanted was that I I I presented it as as an appetizer, and like this is just like an appetizer, and we want to see how the people reacted to the play, and people reacted very well. They responded more. Um, they responded. They they responded better than what i expected and because of the response and the way everybody felt about the play um and you know it has I had some of my friends come family members and they, and, and, and the friends i invited are, are very tough critics mm. and they like yo they like that so now um which is in the works is now we gonna turn i think the play the runtime of that play was like 45 minutes to to 50 minutes or 45 minutes to an hour so me and Joshua have plans of fleshing the play out into a two-hour play. Oh wow! You know that's going to be epic. That's so it's uh, epic. yeah. So now, um, because the the play was focused around the main character of 
um, Tiffany and, and all the other characters were just, um, it, it seemed like the, all, all the other characters, they were main characters, but it seemed like their roles were more like supporting roles mm. to Tiffany. But now when we stretched out to, to the full two hour version, um, all the characters in the play, all the main four characters going to play, are going to have their own individual story arcs, their own storylines. And then it's going to be like another comedy on top of comedy. That's, and yeah, it's going to be more, more fun. And I can't, I can't wait to, I can't mean, the same play, but longer. I definitely can't wait, man. I definitely can't. I hope to be starring in it, but if not, <laughs> I'm definitely going to support it, man. Definitely brother. Now, we coming to that point of the show, man, where we're going to spit a piece now, man. Now, this, this is my favorite part. This this is the time of the show where I can tell my audience and connect my audience to the great talent that I'm around. And uh, it brings me so much pleasure. Let me set the stage for you, my brother. It brings me so much pleasure to introduce to the Spoken Soul Sessions podcast, my brother, Tarishi Midnight Schuler. So, it's before I spit the poem. Is there a particular poem you request besides that slam poem? The the piece that I love from you, the piece that you do about the bicycles. Okay. The bicycles. That that's that's right. one of my favorites from you. All right, I can do that one. I can do that one. I can do that one. Okay, gotcha. Right. Let me see. A bicycle is a vehicle with two wheels in tandem. And I can't stand them damn things. I mean, just look at them. They're always in the way when I'm driving. Streets are paved for cars, not these bicycles to be riding. Now, someone decided to get in their own lane. What type of affirmative action is this trying to integrate bicycles into a system made for cars? Oh my goodness. I digress. I wonder, is this what America thinks of us? Am I nothing more than just a bicycle being integrated into a system? Nah, I don't know about that. I do know I feel a sense of entitlement every time I get behind the steering wheel. This adrenaline rush of road rage. Every time I see a bicycle, I want to choke and squeeze the ear out of tires. They scream, I can't breathe. Leave that bicycle laying flat on the concrete in front of a bodega and a couple of cigarettes. Someone needs to remind them of the privilege and the white lines on the black asphalt. Let that bicycle get my blind spot one more time and reminds me of the first bicycle I ever stole. Never made it back to his master. Wait, a bicycle has two wheels in tandem. My world rotates on two hemispheres between being African, American, shifting forward, progression, pedaling backwards, go nowhere, Negro, gear shifting, spinning. You don't see bicycle lanes in the ghetto. They know better. Ride at your own risk. Switching, spinning, switching, spinning. Oh, oh my goodness. I don't have time to think about this. The fact is, these bicycles running wild and free need to go back to where they came from. Hanging on a rack. 
wheels dangling, two pedals attached to a slave chain. Once I pop mecca that chain, that bicycle will be moving till I say so. How that saying goes, once you learn how to ride a bicycle, they never forget. They think they're equal to us drivers. By definition, you have the vehicle I ride. Those extra wheels in the beginning just to train you. Watch, rip those limbs off. See me time a bicycle fall with our help. It's okay. Don't worry. It's hard to break a bicycle. They're designed to take a beating. All colored metal frame attached to a chain. The system is doing just fine. Doing design. Keep those bicycles in line. You should be grateful. You don't worry about getting lost in your traffic jams. Don't just rush our reminders with a feeling to be seen and not heard. You should be thankful. I'm sharing road life for you. You can consider it indignant and grateful. Bike. Oh my God. Seatbelt check. Do I really sound like that one driver trying to convince myself racism doesn't exist? Every time I say, I'm not a racist. I really do like bicycles. As a matter of fact, I even own one. Oh my God, man. That piece, oh my God, man. Oh, one more time for the brother, man. One more time. Oh man, this 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 piece right here, man. We gonna get into why you wrote this piece, but this piece, I'm gonna I wanna let you know, this piece always gives me chills, cause when you perform it, man, when you perform this piece, you think at first it's a quirky piece. Yeah. Oh, you, you you just think it's a quirky piece, and then you start to see all of the similarities that you bring. All of the different ideals, and it's so it's profound, man. That that piece right there is profound, man. But walk us through this piece. What was going through your head when you wrote this, man? So the idea from this piece, I um I was at this um seminar. I don't, I uh, I think it was like a seminar for racist, uh, not for racism and equality. And this gentleman, he was a firefighter from D.C. And he came down and he was asking the question. It was in, it was in, it was it was in Connecticut, and it was years ago. And he asked the question, "Do y'all have bicycle lanes, and around here?" And we we all said, "Yeah." And he 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 says, "I don't like them. They they're annoying. They get in the way, and they was never there before. And now all of a sudden they're out of nowhere." And then when he starts saying, "Think of our America system," he says, "The Declaration of Independence." was created when we were still slaves. So in, 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 in essence, it was like, in a sense that um, the Declaration of Independence in America was founded when they, while we, they still had slaves. So it was like, we was not considered a part of that um, being considered all men are created equal. Um, so then he says, and so I think about it. And he says, then all of a sudden now you went from living in a segregated um, America to um, desegregated. There's no more segregation. So now we're now being integrated into a system that wasn't designed for us. Mm. But, and then so he says the same thing like the traffic uh, tra um, roads and highways. Roads were built for cars. They were not built 
for to incorporate bicycles and now we have to find a way to incorporate them and share this and share the same role with them and when he said that i said oh my god that's a poem <laughs> and i looked at my homegirl i said and you know how poets get when you Definitely. have an idea and you like yo you hear what he's saying you, and you tell them the idea they're like what oh and they go beat you to the idea for you right <laughs> so i said to her do you hear what he's saying she's like what are you saying and i was like nothing don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm gonna write this. <laughs> and then I went home and I wrote it. And then while I was in the process of writing it, um, it I went through I went through three drafts. The first two drafts were like I was too busy focusing on trying to explain the poem and and trying to explain the the whole um the system and how like bicycle lanes were not made for cars and using all these metaphors. And then, and it took me a minute. I walked away from the poem and then I came back and I said, Oh, and it clicked. I said, I have to write this poem from the perspective of the racist. And in this case, I had to write this poem from this, from the perspective of the frustrated driver that has to, sh to share the road with a bicycle. And then, and and then and by doing that, the hopefully, the hopefully the parallel similar the similar the similar um the par um the metaphors and the parallel similar uh, similar par the parallel similes mm -hmm. similar similar parallels will like <laughs> eventually just click and everybody realize like oh snap and he's that, not talking about bicycles he's talking about oh, racism <laughs> genius man it's genius man the analogy the simile that you use was was just profound because it's something that we can all relate to and and, yeah. and and performing it from the perspective of the individual it gives you it, it, it frees you up to get to your point without muddling the point you know what i mean and that's genius. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was genius man because every time i hear this poem you get excited you think it's going to be one of your quirky poems because you got it you got one poem that i love when you do the voice from the martian dude man what's his name oh yeah uh yeah that that's that's my joint right there and you do the little voices and all that that's dope because I, I was expecting that with the bicycle poem because you do a lot of quirkiness you do a lot of theater in your pieces so when you when you perform that piece, I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be one of them funny ones, those nice ones, and then it just hits you like a ton of bricks. It's like an aha moment, like, oh snap, that's where he going with this. This is deep, but profound, my brother, profound, man. Definitely a dope piece, man. It's one of my favorite pieces. And uh, before we get off of poetry. Cause I, I want I want you to do another piece, but I want to save that piece. I want to save that piece to going towards the end. Which piece? The new piece the or new the piece. alien piece? The, 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 oh, you gonna do the alien piece for me? Now, if you got the alien piece, my brother, you can do that right now. If you got that piece, you could do it right now, and we can save right. the debut right. for the okay. end of the show. Um, let me see. You're doing it right now? Yeah, yeah. Let me let me All set the stage for you, brother. All right, here we go. Coming back to the stage, my brother, your brother. Mr. Tarishi Midnight Schuler. So I was having a conversation with a friend and he said racism would never end. And I was like, yeah, well, 
something dramatic would have to happen. And then I said, this is the only way racism will ever end. And I came with this poem. And then at the same time, I was like, oh, shoot, if this happened, I feel sorry for them. An open letter to aliens who want to visit planet Earth. Do not ever come here. There's a force hiding behind a brass shield, put here to serve and protect, but they wrongly imprison us every chance they get. There's a force hiding behind dark skin and the light. No, I am not talking about Star Wars. This is no Jedi my trick. Luke, I am not your baby daddy. Do not ever come here. They'll Tuskegee you. My people know the firsthand experience. Your first contact would be a last. We'll stop and frisk on every corner. Our cloud will interrogate your existence. We'll stand our ground and put you in it. We'll shoot first and never ask questions later. Oh, shucks. I haven't done this poem in so long. I forgot it. Wait. I know what happened. Poor the black, you were for men in black. You flashed that memory wand. That's okay. I was pure for this. I wrote the rest of my palm. Do not ever come here unless you come here. A bunch of little soldiers look like Marvin the Martian carrying. Oh my goodness. It's the Illudium Q36 explosive space modulator. Give me nothing more than a science experiment unless you come here at an infinite supply of oil. Then we will brace you. George Bush and Dick Cheney will come out of retirement. The personally signed intergalactic peace treaties will learn and steer your ways right before we Native American you. Make offensive racist slurs about your culture. We'll call you predator. Body snatcher, Star Trek Kardashian. Not to be associated with Kim, but she could be alien too. We make Hollywood films about you. Wait, newsflash, you already did. Now this movie ends. We win, you lose. Do not ever come here. We are the center of the universe way of thinking. Every alien movie is our Independence Day, and you're District 9. This next line might sound crazy, but you coming here might save my human skin. Your existence will give us perseverance for once. Look at me as more than three-fifths of a human. For once, they'll find a new alien to hang in Mississippi. You live in quarters, be concentration camps. There won't be church and cross they burn in the South. It'd be X-Wing fighter jets. If you come here, we will exploit you. We'll make alien dating hotlines. And Captain James T. Kirk from the 70s be the spokesman. <laughs> Are you looking for hot, interesting, extraterrestrial sex? Call now. Me and Bones will take you to your candy shop. Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor, not a club promoter. Do not ever come here. Scientologists market you. Made bumper stickers that read WWVD. What will Vader do? Egyptian Taj that build more pyramids. The eminent domain you. You're not even safe from gentrification. As much I don't want you to come here, a small part of me does. Me, greeting with the Vulcan peace sign. Man, Mystic true meaning for me represents. May one race live long enough so the other can prosper. <laughs> Beam me up, Scotty. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. They will Tuskegee you. That line. Oh, man. They will Tuskegee you. Oh, my God, man. This piece, that's another piece, man, that, you know, I think it's I think it's the way you you perform your pieces, man. You make them very relatable. 
You know, you know how you got some poets that's a walking thesaurus, man. You got some poets yeah. that, <laughs> that they try to fit as many big words as they can fit into a stanza, man. But your poems are so relatable and it's like it's very entertaining when you can sit there and refreshing when you can listen to a poem and actually learn something from it also, man. And I think thank you, you thank definitely you. accomplished that, my brother, man. That's deep, man. That's deep, man. But yeah, brother, you was telling us that you you enter into a bodybuilding competition. Like this blew me away because I seen it online. Like I was like, what midnight doing? Like I seen the journey from the beginning. Like the beginning. And I was like, I was like, what what midnight doing? I seen you start working out and everything. And then as the months progress, my brother, I start seeing everything get chiseled and you the six pack and the I'm like, yo, that's midnight. <laughs> I'm like, what, tell us, man, walk us through that, man. What, what happened with that, man, with the, with the bodybuilding um, competition? What, uh, what happened? One second. Um, let me turn the AC off. What happened with the bodybuilding competition? Yeah. What happened? Like, how did you get into that? Because you actually um, won the competition. I, I, walk us through this, man. So, so, all right. So, um, I'll give you the short, I'll give you the short, the short story. One day, um, I, I, uh, my friends, one day, my friends, was telling me, hey, Teresha, you're getting you're getting out of shape. And then one day I took a look in the mirror and I said, Oh, whoa, I'm blowing up. And I contacted my cousin and I said to him, yo, I need I need to start getting in shape. And then I didn't know this. He was working out with he had a personal trainer. And then he says, I could introduce you to my personal trainer, blah, blah, blah. That's a word. And when I met him, I said I had three goals in mind. And 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 the three goals was I was getting ready to do another play not my play i was going to be in a play for someone else and there was a scene in the play where we had to take our the, the men the men in the play i take their shirts off and 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 act like they were we act like we were um strippers at a uh, male strippers at a club i was completely out of shape and i told my trainer hey i want to at least goal number one is try to be in shape to look decent for the play and he says okay goal number two was I want to be in shape by the time my birthday. And goal number three was I want to enter into a bodybuilding competition. Now, I met with him on November 19th. And he says, okay. And we didn't start working out until um, December 1st. Mm. And, and the play was on December 21st. So my very first goal of being in shape was out of the question. I was definitely not in shape. Um, it was it was horrible. Uh, <laughs> but the show went on. I took my show, I show, took my show off anyway. I'm standing on stage next to three other guys and they were in shape. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I'm like the odd, I'm like the sore thumb out of the group. So then, um, goal number two was look right for my birthday. I I did look, I, did, I look good. I it wasn't like the good that I wanted, but it was a definite. You can see, you can see. I look, I, it was a good, it was a good transition. And then on June first, I made a nut. And oh, also what was happening was by the time the third month came, the pandemic hit. Mm. And all the gyms were shut down, and um, 
And I had, so luck, fortunately for me, I was in a, I had a trainer that had a home gym at his house. So I was going to his house to work out at his gym four times um, a week um, during the pandemic. And, um, and then, the, and we didn't know. So the goal was I was going to get ready for a bodybuilding competition on the, some, I was like, it was going to be in June 13th or and that was canceled. And, but we kept saying, we're going to keep training like there is a competition. And then when, when June, and then I made a video showing everybody what I looked like. And this is what I'll look, this is, and I, and I made the goal. This is what I'll look like if I was to go on stage mm. to compete in a bodybuilding competition. And it, 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 it was, it was dope. And, um, and I showed the trend, I showed, I showed the transition from the beginning to where I was at at that time. And then, um, and the rest is history. The other part of the story I'm gonna save because it's not like more context. And I'm gonna drop that, the other half of the story of what happened mm, of the competition and how I actually got to the competition. And it's a lot more, and it's very interesting. If you wanna hear that story, um, go to my Instagram, Bars and Discipline, and follow bar discipline because sometime this oh uh, shucks i want to say next month i want i want to throw no dates out mm. but very 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 soon i'll be dropping a whole bunch of stuff but if you want to follow the um it's like bars and discipline on instagram Dope. Definitely go out and check that out. Bars and discipline. I want to see it, man. I want to, I definitely want to see if you make a, like a documentary, man, showing your journey, man. Cause so, that, so, it was so amazing. This, so, I, 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 so, there, so, um, like I said before, I've been doing a lot behind the scenes. Um, and I, I got, a, I got a team of individuals. I, I, I linked up um, a small team of individuals. So I, 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 I learned from experience from never to give out dates to mm. things you're doing or never like say like, Hey, stay tuned on this day. This is dropping. The only time I ever say that this date, if something's dropping is when everything is already done. All the, all the, all the um, cards are in all the um, pieces are in the right place. And only thing I do is just hit the button. Definitely, <laughs> like, definitely. I can't hit the button because I'm still moving a lot of pieces. But uh, if you go to bars and discipline on Instagram, you're gonna you're gonna see just the the logo and one pi one picture posted up. I've been occasionally posting things on the storyline. Um, I need to start posting more things on the storyline, and I need to start posting more things on the timeline. Um, so um, so I, w I did a whole lot of work, registered. Um, Trademark the logo. Okay. Um, so it was, it was, uh, the logo's trademarked in all fifty states. I'm waiting for that. Um, waiting for that process. That's like a tedious process, but I started the process and everything is on. That's okay. That's um, there's going to be a. There's going to be like you said a documentary mm. with more detail and a whole lot more. And I want to say, coming very like. Very very soon. I got some. I got. I got some stuff I gotta do this coming Monday. Mm -hmm. And once I take it, if I 
can take care of all the stuff that I need to do this coming Monday, then I definitely know that before the before the fourth, before the fourth of July, something might happen. Something something great is going to happen. Definitely, man. We we definitely going to stay tuned, man, because I yeah. want to see this. I want to see the trend because the transformation you can see through your Facebook and how you you posted your progress. You see, I mean, you can actually see the transformation, man. You went through it, my brother, man. And it, it just goes to show the testament and your resolve once you set your mind to something, man. There's no stopping you. There's no stopping you, man. It, and, and I definitely want to connect with as many people as possible to, um, to, to be a part of this journey. And it's not, it's not so much like, um, it's not so, like Mike Tyson said said this, and that's kind of like into the whole thing of why I call it my uh, my load my brand is called Bars and Discipline. Mike Tyson said, um, "With discipline, you can accomplish anything." Mm. And and I tell people, you know, motivation is great. I I I, um, I had nothing against motivation. Motivation is fantastic, but motivation can only get you so far. Discipline is what's going to carry you all the way to the end. And mm. of the journey, so I focus. I, I I try to encourage people to be to be in discipline because you can wake up today. You you could it could be like you get out of bed at seven o'clock in the morning, and you could be motivated to do X, Y, and Z, and then um, that motivation can go out the window the next minute. But if you're disciplined, um, the discipline will make you do things even when you do not want to do those things. Indeed, indeed, discipline. and that's that's the whole idea and, and that's the direction and that's the philosophy i'm preaching and i want people to follow and that's going to be the whole thing when you come on bars and discipline and um i created i, I created some some things so so people could be um um so help 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 people get on this path of being disciplined and it's not just with um fitness it's like it's in life so definitely i can't wait i can't definitely. wait and um I mean, some free giveaways. I'm definitely going to go over there and join that, man, because I like that, man. Discipline is definitely what's needed to accomplish, like you said, any goal, any goal. And and the thing about it is I'm 45. Mm. And you can just jump up and do it because you you didn't have a six pack, man. You didn't have a six pack when we was out there slamming like that, man. And then then I'll say, I'm like, what is midnight? Do I see you climbing mountains and all that? I was like, yo, you just climbed a mountain? And I was like, midnight going crazy, man. Midnight doing this thing, man. That brother doing this thing. I appreciate, man. I appreciate your grind, man. I appreciate your grind. Thank you. Thank you. Now, I wanted to get into this question about green earth poets because you said you're the artistic director of green earth poets let us know a little bit about green earth poets um green earth poets is a non-profit organization that helps um with work with individuals and the youth uh, youth work with youth in the city um their mission the main um slogan is helping you find your voice um i focus on the artistic direct on the i do a lot of the theater stuff so my um portion of artistic um as artistic director i do a lot of the theater side so um i will actually i'll work hand in hand with curtis and we haven't been doing anything in a minute because of the pandemic um basically 
he wanted me to be like the person to, hey, we have a um, we have a we have a um, a play, and do you think this play would be a good play to do or not do? Um, I only um, I didn't have I only had the opportunity to. I, 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 he wanted me to when I, when I came off for the role I um the, the first play that I was able to present to him was because I wasn't um because I guess there, was, there were plays that were presented to him mm. and I wasn't even there yet to take on that role and he came to me and asked me hey do you have an idea for a play because I want I want to do a play and I said um okay um boom so I said so I came up with a play and he says here's an idea and then like and it wasn't even done yet I said Here's an idea for a play. And he said he liked it. And then from that moment on, he says, boom, I want you to like to force, I want you to look over and to foresee uh, any future plays that we do. I said, all right, cool. And but we only we only did that one play. And then there was no, I wasn't presented with any other plays to do or mm. to possibly um to work on. And and what ended up happening was, what what year did we do that play? Uh, I believe that was in twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. It wasn't twenty twenty. <laughs> it wasn't twenty twenty, right? No, it was twenty nineteen. Oh, okay, it was, was twenty nineteen, and then yeah, it was twenty nineteen. We did the play, and um, and, and and we was like in the process of trying to figure out, can we do this play again? And we wanted to do the play again, and you know, for, for lack of time, you know how it gets a lot of um, yeah, a lot of red tape, a lot of red tape, a lot of creative differences, mm -hmm. and we just could not get it to like try. We could not find the right place. Um, because it was like we're trying to like, all right, how can we do this again? Um, where can we do this again? And we just couldn't get the ball rolling. So I said, all right. So we try to come up with an idea. So I'm and you and. I, um, you and your partner did something at the Amarachi. Y'all put a show together that was like awesome. I heard it was dope. Yeah, that was a, we did like a, like, it was like a short, it wasn't, I wouldn't say a play, but it was theater. It was like a theater, yeah, it like was. a showcase. And, and, uh, and I was talking to Najma about it. And then she was like saying, like, yo, this could be fleshed out into a bigger thing. Mm. It's like a, to a full length production. Um, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely um, on for it. But I said, but I, I want to, um, and I think again, more of the creative differences. I want to like, my job is like, as like the artistic director, I want to like give whoever comes on board or presents a play. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be, I want them to be the person that directs their own play. I, I don't want to be the person to, I don't want to be the person to direct their play because I don't know what your vision is. Definitely. Are anybody's vision because um i want to like hey this is a this is this is a dope play um y'all to my job is to like probably like help the individuals like here help uh anybody anybody have play flesh out the ideas and give you all free range of doing it i'm just overseeing like making sure everything's is falling uh falling um everything's on schedule definitely definitely so, I guess hopefully once everything opens back up and um, you and Renda Payne come like if we come bring back that bring that play back and we can do the, definitely that play because um, we'll see we'll see where Greener Theater is at. So we definitely look forward to doing that. Definitely. And 
and we'll see where we'll see where we stand with um uh you are what you are what you eat you are who you eat <laughs> yeah, definitely we definitely got to do that again man but so more. yeah so there's a lot, a lot of um a lot of and then um there's a lot of things we have uh work on is just it's just time and coordinating and just just trying to get it done and and the fact that the pandemic things are opening up now so that that's a good look that we can get the ball rolling on a lot of things man but definitely my brother you're doing big things man you're doing now i don't want to keep you too long because i do know that you are a busy man but i want to i want to get that last piece i'm excited I'm really excited about this debut that's going to be debuted on my show. This is a beautiful, this is a beautiful thing, my brother. Let me set the stage for you. Oh, oh, oh. Let, me, <laughs> let, me, let me let me pull this piece up. It's not me. All right, let me see. I can find it. It's not as like it's not memorized. It's like, oh, there, okay, there it goes. Yeah, okay, got that's it. Oh, let's we'll see if I can pull it up. Uh, pull it, I pull it up. Uh, you still there? Yep, I'm still here. Hello. Yeah, I'm here. I can All hear right, you. you're still there. Boom. All right. Boom. Boom. Pop up. Boom. Boom. Give me a second. There you go. All right. We're we're in business. All right. Let me set the stage for you. Coming back to the stage, I want you to give a warm, warm welcome to my brother, your brother, Mr. Tarishi Midnight Schuler. So those that are familiar with my work, I always write um, personal poems, social justice poems, poems about domestic violence. I had never in my life written a poem, a positive poem about um, um, fatherhood. So um, yeah, here it goes. And plus, Father's Day is like literally this coming weekend. The last time I see my father, I was 17. It makes sense for his absence since he wasn't much of a father figure. He could have been six feet deep or socially distancing. Either way, he was out of reach. He wasn't there to teach me how to touch a woman in a proper way does not look like abuse. His language, his love language was the back of his hand, a fist, a choke, a gut punch, treated every woman like, give me your lunch money. Didn't leave behind a trail of breadcrumbs to follow your young, just so you could leave unanswered questions. If my mother and woman are considered the earth, then where's my father, the farmer that planted the seed to start my birth? To this day, I can proudly say I am not an abuser. I leave no offspring behind to become a raisin in the sun. However, all my attempts to be nothing like my older doppelganger, my father became futile. While I'm over here thinking I am a better human being than him because I am not a deadbeat, I realize I never skipped the beat to play dead when it came time for me to relieve a relationship when the situation and became too much to handle. I dropped everything. I thought I was supposed to be everything to my father, the woman that loved me. I was the everything. Everything became about me. I focused on my emotional survival. Leaving is easing. Staying is hard. I chose the path of my father 
following in his footsteps. Still, I'm thinking I am a better than him because I am not a womanizer or a deadbeat, but here I am. Walking the beat of these streets like the living dead. I am a vampire. No wonder I love the night. It took me all my might to swallow my pride for me to realize I am my father in the mirror. Tomorrow will never change until you're able to acknowledge yesterday I decided to reach out to the old man. I spent three decades trying not to be, just to realize we have so many good things in common. We both had the same aspirations of being a bodybuilder. When I told him that I became one, he was elated and sad all in the same breath, mad at himself because he wasn't there to spot me in the gym of life. As I, When I got my pro card, this conversation with both of us was hard. I tell my friends, lifting weights is easy. Eating is hard. Swallowing your pride is worse than dry scooping hoping it goes down quickly, but it doesn't. These conversations made me realize the importance of having a father in your life. There are certain things you will learn from him or you'll be forced to learn them from the miseducation of the streets. I wonder, is this what they say when they mean he's a chip off the old block, whether it's the concrete or your pops? This, this is the stone, your foundation, your square, your four right angles. Here is where I stand and the things you, and all the things you learned of becoming a man. I understand the imperative of having a father or someone that is willing to show young boys a proper passage to manhood. I can easily admit I have a lot to unlearn and a lot to learn, but the journey into changing tomorrow begins with getting over yesterday. It took me forever. I look forward to the day I can spit those three words for the first time out of my mouth, boiling like a pot of water, waiting to blow off the tea kettle. Those three words I want to say is happy Father's Day. Phenomenal peace. Phenomenal peace, my brother. Phenomenal peace, man. Phenomenal peace, man. Thank you, thank you, thank that, you. That peace, man, that it resonates. It resonates with me so much, man, because I have a peace like that. A ride with my father is a very personal peace, man. And I felt the same emotion I felt listening to that piece that I felt when I went into that piece of ride with my father, man. That's a very mm. profound peace, man. Definitely, man. Dope. Dope, thank man. you, thank you, thank you. Now, I want to, before we get up out of here, man, I always ask all the, the guests that come on the show, what advice would you give to an aspiring spoken word artist? Someone who's trying to get in the game, what, what advice would you give them? Coming from a juggernaut like yourself, man, what would advice would you give them? Identity. Um, I tell, when I do workshops, I um I do I do shows at colleges. I I get asked that same similar question. Um, so and they're like, "Hey, I want what 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 can I do to get to your level, your status?" And I tell them, "No matter what you want to do in life, whether it's be a spoken word artist, an architect, a doctor, a lawyer, um, a chef, whatever it is you want to do, the first thing you should develop in life is a sense of self." Just you focus on your identity. A lot of students and a lot of young students do not know who they are. I I did a I I did a workshop and I said, tell me five things that is the core to who you are. And then I said, for example, I said, um, black, male, artist, lover, 
spiritual. Those are the five things that speak to my core identity, to my being. And then surprisingly, a lot of students, individuals can't do that. And I said, once you focus on your identity, once you know who you are, nobody can ever tell you anything else. And you will always be who you are and you will never change who you are until you get ready to change who you are. So if you, once you focus on your core values and you are, you have a sense of self-awareness and you know who you are, then everything else, everything else in life will be easy. And then you will know your purpose. But first you have to focus on your identity and who you are. Definitely. Great advice, man. Great advice. Indeed. My brother, I want to definitely thank you for coming through, man. I know you are a busy man. And thank you for having me. It's dope. I'm actually about to head out, head across town to go meet somebody. Cause I'm glad I, I had a meeting with somebody because I was trying to like put together um an open mic. Oh um, right. which is gonna be a part of um of the other some other stuff that's coming up in the, in the works and the bars of discipline. So okay. uh, I can't. I listen. I can't wait to my my big thing is like yo. So everybody is watching this. Head over to bars and discipline. There's no funny spelling. There's no underscores. It's just all one word. Bars b a r s and a n d discipline. Definitely. Um, Go check that out, people, man. Definitely, man. I want to thank my brother for coming through and, and spending this time with us, man. And for anybody else out there who want to get on the show or you want me to look at some of your spoken word, go to spoken soul sessions at gmail.com and send me your links where I can find your press kit or some something that you're doing where I can read your work. And uh, we'll try to get you on the show, man. But definitely, my brother, man, I'm going to let you go ahead and go to your meeting and thank you once again for spending this time with me, man. You are a true brother, man. Thank you, man, because I know how busy you are, man. And I know my oh. audience is, is 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 loving this, man. This is going to be one of my top downloaded shows, brother. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you too, brother. I appreciate you for being who you were and who you are <laughs> and, and everything you do. Thank you, When I say who you were, I mean who you were in the play. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely look out for my brother. Go to Bars and Discipline on Instagram. Uh, you got another one, Vulnerable. Uh, uh, so the, the top three the top three Instagrams I want people to follow me on is my main one, um, 13th Midnight, one, three, the, the number one, the number three, TH, uh, Midnight on IG, Vulnerable, the series on IG, and Bars and Discipline on IG. And um boom it's gonna be like a whole lot of stuff going on pretty soon i'm bear with me i promise you i promise you when pretty soon it's gonna be something epic um life-changing definitely be life-changing i can't definitely. wait to share with you is the the bar and discipline is definitely be a life-changing experience if you want to change your life you want to like get yourself focused on on the, a path and it's not just a path for fitness it's a path for anything you want for you greatness. want to lock into bars and discipline definitely. i got some some stuff i'm working on some free stuff you can download it's going to be like and it's not gonna it's gonna be fun we're gonna have fun together and, I, and i've been grinding behind the scenes 
So I can't wait to drop Y'all that. go check that out, man. Thank you again, once again, my brother, for coming through, man. And uh, I'll see you guys next time on Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black. <laughs>